0: I'm really excited to be back in church, and uh, I want to publicly uh, thank Jeff Click for filling in the one day. It was spur of the moment, yeah. And I'm just really excited to be back and, and doing what God has called us to do. And, and today, well, the rest of this month, we're going to be kind of doing some sermons. Maybe we could call them One Hit Wonders. I don't know. Maybe it won't be a hit. I don't know. That's up to you to decide. But it, it will be just some random topics that we're going to cover the rest of this month. And today, we're going to be talking about labels. You know, church, so many times um, people put labels on things. You know, we, we label different people. Sometimes we even label ourselves, and, and at times those labels can be ridiculous, even to you as an individual who has them. And, and today I want to just show you to, to start things off, a few ridiculous labels. That first one there is a baby stroller. And it says, remove child before folding. <laughs> ridiculous, but I want to tell you, rules and labels are made because someone did something stupid. That's exactly why. The next one I want to show you, it, it's a drill. It says, this product is not intended for use as a dental drill. If your dentist has one, of them, you probably want to get far away from that guy. And the next one is a dishwasher. And it says, do not allow children to play in this dishwasher. Absolutely ridiculous if you are letting your child do that and the last one I want to show you this morning is a fish hook and it says harmful if swallowed I think that speaks for itself the only thing I can say about that is duh you know but that is listed on the package of those fish hooks But today, I want to talk to you about the labels that some of us have. And you're looking at those and saying, that's absolutely ridiculous. But you know what? Some of you guys, you're holding on to labels that someone has given you or maybe even given yourself that is also absolutely ridiculous. In Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, it says this, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ." who lives in me, so I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Church, I believe every single one of us have internalized labels. You have a label that, that, that you're owning, you're wearing, maybe it's because of something that somebody called you when you were younger, or maybe you heard it all the time, they called you a certain thing, and you began to own that. Maybe it's something that you picked up That you believed that someone thought this about you. No one even said it, but you believed that. And so you began to own that label. Or maybe you noticed something about yourself that you didn't like. Right, church? We can all look in the mirror, can't we? And we can pick ourselves apart. Something you didn't like. And you labeled yourself with that certain something over a period of time. You know, there's obvious labels. There really are obvious labels. For example, you know, if somebody's single, they're single. That's a label, right? Married or married, Democrat, Republican, those can be labels, right? Uh, Atheist, Christian, those are labels. But then there are others that are subjective. There are other labels that are subjective. Maybe when someone says, like, you're funny, and you believe, yeah, I am pretty funny, you know? Or, or, Or maybe it's someone says that you're too serious, And you own that. Or maybe it's that you're lazy. (laughs) I'll talk to you about that later. Or maybe that you're driven. You know, she's hot, he's not. Those are labels too, right? Some of us, what we do is we own those labels. So whatever the label is, what happens is we often internalize these labels. And we let them define and shape who we are. You know, for me personally... People a lot of times will label me as ridiculous. I have people in my family tell me all the time, Co-workers you're ridiculous. Well, I call it OCD is what I call it. You call it ridiculous, I call it OCD. You know, everything has to be straight. Everything has to be symmetrical, you know, orderly. You know, glasses all gonna be the same row in the cupboard. The towel's gonna be folded a certain way. That's just me. I, I, I am OCD. But you know what? Sometimes I really intrude. I do want to loosen up. <laughs> it's a struggle for me. I really, I want to loosen up, and I kind of see something going on, and I kind of sit there, you know, like this, I just, I want to fix it, I want to straighten it, I want to make it right, and I'm trying really hard, but you know what, the more people tell me that I'm ridiculous or have OCD, it seems like the more I own it. So this morning, I want to ask you, church, what negative label has it impacted you? I'm talking about maybe something that, that someone else put on you that you've internalized it. Maybe it's they, they, they've, they've thrown something at you so many times that you've begun to believe it. Maybe it's even something that you've owned yourself. Maybe it's people telling you you're a pushover. Maybe it's they're telling you that, that, that you are insecure. You never commit. You're oversensitive. You know, you're a hothead. What negative label that are you owning this morning? I'm talking about you're internalizing it and it has begun to impact you. Well, church, you know what? I want you to know that God's power is bigger than your label. God's power is bigger than your past. The truth is that he is stronger than other people's opinions about you. What once was, church, no longer has to be. Who you were before does not have to be who you are today. Because God's word transforms us. And so today what I want to talk to you about, I want to talk to you about transforming. I want to talk to you about breaking the labels that bind you up. Breaking the labels that bind you up. And I want us to be in a place, church, every single one of us, I want us to be in a place that the labels of our past don't limit God's plans for our future. If you'll turn with me to 2 Corinthians in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 17, it says this. I'm gonna give you the King James Version first. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, I want to give you the NLT version, or maybe we could call it the Wellsville version. You know, this is how a lot of us talk. It says this, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. Amen. Church, that's who we are. You know, if any one of you belong to Christ, if you've given your life to Christ, then you are a brand new person. You are a, a, a new creation. And, and think about this. When, when people decide, they, they're thinking about, you know, I need to get my life straight. I, I, I need to come to know Jesus Christ better. I want to give my life to him. Most people, most people, church, they believe that they have to get it all in line. They believe, like, I got to get my act together. You know, I got to clean up my life or I got to get to a certain level before I can even get close to, to Jesus Christ. But what Paul is telling us, Paul is telling us when we belong to Christ, when you and I, when we belong to Christ, that is when you become a brand new person. You become a brand new person. It isn't that you got to work your way there. It isn't that you got to get to a certain level. It isn't that you got to work so hard. It's when you accept Christ, then he makes you brand new. It's the old you is gone and the new has come. You know what we do in our lives, though, as people, as individuals, right? We, we try to put that facade on and we're like, okay, as long as the front looks good, right? As long as I appear to look good. You ever notice like a really old home? I'm talking about one that's got the, the wood siding and, and the paint is faded. It's chipped away. You can see the bare wood, right? And, and it just looks really rough. And then people, they go get that really shiny white vinyl siding and they slap it on there and it looks great doesn't it It looks amazing but you know what is actually happening is this the old wood is still back there the house is not changed the front of it has changed the appearance of it has changed but it's still the same old house but when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior let me tell you what he does and he makes everything brand new from the front all the way to the inside God makes it all new and so the old doesn't matter anymore church it's gone but some of us were hanging on to that old self you're still owning the label that someone has given you and see we have to stop letting the labels of yesterday you have to stop letting the labels of yesterday keep you from the future that God has for you you got to stop letting and hold you back. And so today what I want to do, I want to show you a few things. I want to show you a God-centered view, a God-centered view of you today, of how he looks at you, the way that God looks at you. The very first one is this. God's going to give you a brand new name, church. When you accept Jesus Christ, God gives you a brand new name. In Isaiah 62, if you look at this with me, in Isaiah 62, verse 2, it says this, the nations, now, mind you, prophet Isaiah was praying this over Jerusalem. It says this, the nations will see your vindication and all kings your glory, and you will be called by a brand new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. He's saying you're going to get a brand new name. I love in in God's word, so many times throughout the Bible, God will give someone a brand new name. When their lives have been transformed, he'll give them a brand new name, right? Right? Abraham and Sarah, they got a brand new name. Jacob, the the name Jacob meant deceiver. Boy, he owned that label, didn't he? But you know what? God gave him a brand new name. He gave him the name of Israel. And the meaning of that is God will prevail. Prevail is what that name means. Gideon thought that he was worthless. He thought that he was insignificant and an angel came to them and said, no, you're not. You're a mighty warrior and God gave him a brand new name. And you know what, church? He wants to give you one too. He wants to give you a brand new name. There's something about a name being changed. There's something about that. You know, in today's society, right, when a couple gets married, the woman's name gets changed. Sorry, Mary. But, but you take on that, that name, right? And now that woman is different. She is now a wife. She is hopefully in the future to be a mother. And so things have changed about her. She is now taking on that husband's name. And if we want to look at what it says in the Bible, in Ruth, right? It says, and your people will be my people. Things have changed for that woman. And the change of a name changes so much. And church, when you come to Christ... God wants to give you a new name. He, does, he wants to give you a new label. He wants to change the labels that man has given you, or maybe even that you've given yourself, and he wants you to own it. So, so church, you might look at yourself as a sinner, but what does God call you? He calls you forgiven, doesn't he? That's a name change. That, that's a brand new label. You might see yourself as an addict if someone has struggled with those things, but God wants to call you transformed. Because that is not who you are anymore. You might be calling yourself rejected, but God says, you know, I want to call you loved. Because that is who you are now. You are not who others say you are, church. You are who God says that you are. And that's how it is. Second thing I want you to get this morning is this. God's going to give you a brand new purpose. God will give you a brand new purpose purpose see we we see Jesus talking to Simon if you'll turn with me to Luke chapter 5 and Luke chapter 5 verse 10 and and we see Jesus talking to Simon and and not only is he going to give him a brand new name but he also wants to give him a new purpose and it says this in verse 10 it says his partners James and John and the sons of Zebedee were also amazed and Jesus replied to Simon don't be afraid from now on you'll be fishing for people He gave him a new purpose. He used to fish for fish, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, he fished for fish. He he used to fish for fish, but now Jesus says, no, now you are going to fish for men. He's giving him a brand new purpose, and and he wants him to see things different. He wants to give them a different perspective. In church, he wants to give you the same exact thing. When you come to Christ, you should have a new purpose. You should have a new perspective. You should have a, a, a new Thing in your mind that you can influence people with you should be different we are called to be different and since God gives you a brand new purpose church and he does if you let him if you recognize him for who he is then God wants to use you he wants to use you for that purpose. See, when, when God gives you a brand new purpose, when you come to Christ, that brand new purpose, listen, he's saying, like, I've set you apart now. You are different, and I've got something I need for you to do. And church, I want you to realize this. God's word tells us this, that his plans for you are good, pleasing, and perfect. That means he made nobody else to do it but you. What it is that he is calling you to do, that's what he called you to do. It's for you. It's not for your neighbor. It's not for your spouse. It's for you. It's a brand new purpose that he wants you to come into. And you know what? Maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking, you know what, preacher, I've been rejected my whole life. I've been rejected my whole life, but I want you to know that God loved on you. And since he has loved on you, he wants you to share that love with other people. Some of you, you're sitting here and you're thinking, you know what? I've been, had addiction issues my whole life. By the grace of God, you overcame and and God now has given you a purpose to help other people overcome. And, And so what you do is you take that purpose that God has given you and you run with it. For me personally, like, my whole life as a kid, and no one gave me this label. It was something I just owned myself. I always felt like a failure. I labeled myself that way. I labeled myself thinking, like, nothing I ever do is good. I'm just a failure, and and, and I own that name. But you know what? Church, God gave me a brand new name. He did. He gave me the name of Overcomer that you can overcome these things, Mark Blakely. And once my eyes was open, once I saw that he changed my name and he gave me a brand new purpose, I ran with it. I did, I ran with it. But listen, some of you, you're sitting here in church this morning, God's stirring your heart is, he's stirring your heart and you're thinking like, all right, I do need a new purpose. I I do need something different in my life or what am I supposed to do? But you know what the enemy does, church? As soon as that stirring starts to happen, he starts whispering in your ear. He does. He is the deceiver. The Bible tells us that every single word that comes out of his mouth is a lie. But the sad part is this. Many of us Christians, we still listen to him. He sits on your shoulder and he whispers in your ear, you're not good enough. You can never make a difference. You will never overcome. He whispers all those things to you in a sad church. This is sad. A lot of us are believing him. He's a liar. Everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. And so God's stirring your heart this morning and I am asking you, are you listening to him or are you listening to the enemy's voice? Who are you listening to this morning? See, the enemy will tell you there's no hope for you. He'll tell you that you're a lost cause. He's telling you that that, that life that you used to live. How many times does he whisper in your ear, you know who you are. You know what you've done. If everybody knew what you did, you know what? They would never listen to you. They would never believe you. But he's a liar, church. We must learn to listen to God's voice first and only. The one and only. And so are you listening to his voice? You've heard it said before that my sheep hear my voice. That we recognize his voice, church. So it's time for us to recognize who it is that he's calling on. And he's calling on us. See, God is the one. He is the one who calls you loved. He is the one that calls you overcomer. God is the one that calls you set free. God is the one Who calls you healed and it's time for you to own that you must lean into it you must accept that truth you must realize it that he is trying to pour into you and the third thing I want to give you this morning is this our God's gonna give you a brand new future he's gonna give you a brand new future I want to give you my favorite verse in the Bible in my, this really is, this is my favorite verse in the Bible and it says this, Jeremiah 29 11, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future he's saying that, you know what I want to give you hope there's so many people in this world that they've honestly lost hope I've heard people say there is no hope or I have no hope God says I want to give you hope and a future. He wants to give you a future, church. How many of you are scared of the future? My whole life, it, I, I get panic-stricken when I think about the future. Because I'm that guy, I'm nosy. I want to know what's next, God. He's constantly putting me in my place In it's none of your business right now. But I, I, I get nervous when I think about the future because I'm that what-if guy. Well, what if this? What if that? What if this goes on? What if I won't be successful? What if, you know, I've been doing that since I was a little kid. But God tells us right there in Jeremiah 29, 11, he said, I've got plans for you. It's a declaration. He's not casually saying it either. The Bible says, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. He's saying, I want to prosper you. I don't want to harm you. I want to give you a hope and a future. Church, that hope is going to mean something. I'm talking about new plans. Exciting things that God wants to do. What once was true in your past does not have to be true in the future. Who you used to be is not who you are today. See, God wants to change your heart. God wants to make what once was far from your heart, he wants to bring it close to your heart. I've had so many people tell me, ever since I've been a preacher, so many people say, man, I feel like God's so far away. I don't hear him anymore. I, I, I don't understand what he's doing. And, and, and I use the famous Christian ease. I'm like, he hasn't moved. It must be you. Because <laughs> God don't move away from you. We're the ones that get distracted. We're the ones that wander away. If you're saying you don't feel close to God, it's because you have pulled yourself away from him. Whether it be through circumstances, whether it be you purposely did it, or you just slowly drifted away from him. But God wants to make what was once far from your heart, he wants to make it close to your heart. Church, I love the Old Testament story of a lady by the name of Rahab, and she's referred to as Rahab the prostitute. She's mentioned eight times in the Bible, and out of the eight times she is mentioned, the label prostitute, six times. They just don't call her Rahab. They call her Rahab, the prostitute, six times out of the eight times she's mentioned in the Bible. So can you imagine, church, what that would do to someone's heart, that that is what you are recognized by? She was one. But imagine how that would tear you down. Could you imagine her thinking like, you know, no man's ever going to want me now. You know, I'm filthy. I I will never be able to have true intimacy with with any man. And so as the story goes in God's word, God moved her heart. The Bible says God moved her heart and she was moved to protect some spies from Israel. And church, I don't know if you know anything about this. We're talking war stuff right here. There was a war going on. That's a risky move. When you trade sides to help the enemy, if you get busted, it, it means death for you. But Rahab the prostitute, God moved her heart. She was moved to protect some spies. And she believed, church, she believed that their God could become her God. And that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. He became her God. He changed her heart. He changed who she was. He gave her a brand new life and a new purpose. Here's what's wild. This woman could have thought that, you know what? I could never have a good marriage. But she married a godly man in Salmon. And by the grace of God, she had a great, 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 there's 30 greats in I'm not going to say them all to you, okay? Grandson who became the savior of the world. Check that out. So Jesus was born out of the lineage of a woman who was labeled as a dirty, filthy prostitute. You want to talk about how God can take labels away from you? You want to talk about how God can change the the score? Jesus was born out of the lineage of this woman and someone, could you imagine her thinking, how could someone like me ever be that special? God transformed her heart, church. He transformed her heart, and out of her lineage came the sinless Son of God, the Savior of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't tell me, church, that He can't change things. Don't tell me He can't take labels away from someone. Our God is bigger than what someone else says that you are. You no longer have to own that label. I want to share with you today a verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. This is one of those in-your-face verses, you know what I'm talking about? The first part of it, I mean, it's in your face. I want you to check this out with me, starting at verse 6, it says this, Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols, commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheat people none of these will inherit the kingdom of God man that one there slaps you upside the head quick it's harsh isn't it but it's truth When you go through that whole list of things that are listed right there, you know, indulge in sexual sin, that means sex outside of marriage, church. Those who worship idols, anything that you are putting above God is an idol to you. It doesn't have to be that little fat guy in the gold bronze statue or anything like that. No, I'm talking anything you put In front of god is an idol those who commit adultery those who break the marriage vows those who are prostitutes those who practice homosexuality those who are thieves if you're stealing man you're a thief greedy people drunkards abusive or cheap people none of these will inherit the kingdom of god but listen there is hope church verse 11 says this some of you were once like that but you were cleansed you were made holy you were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. You know what, church? So many times when someone starts going back to their old self and they're telling me like, you know what, this is what I am and, and this is what I did and all those kind of things. I love what it says in the, I think it's the NIV version. It says, and that is who you were. That's who you were. That label's gone from you, Church. You don't have to go back and hold on to that. See, Paul was describing unbelievers here. He doesn't mean that all those who practice those sins are irrevocably excluded from heaven. That's not what he's saying. He's saying there's hope. For those of us who are struggling, there's hope. And when we as Christians, and we come out of many backgrounds, don't we? Some of us probably touched multiple things that I just read to you there. That's who you were, church. That's past tense. You have been transformed. You were once like that, but now you've been cleansed. Church, we may still struggle with the evil desires of what we came out of. That struggle really is real, isn't it? How many of you, I'm talking weekly, you're like, I'm going to quit doing that, and you last like two days? We struggle because we are flesh. But see, we should not continue in the practices of our past. Here's what that means, church. It means that you you just don't live and say, oh, that's who I am. No, that is not who you are. You might be struggling. You might be struggling with that. Paul clearly states those who sin in these ways can have their lives changed by Jesus Christ. But see, however, those of us who say we are Christians, but we persist in these practices with no remorse, With no remorse, I'm talking, it don't make you feel bad at all when you're doing it. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's what the word says. But church, we all can be redeemed. Every single one of us can be redeemed. See, our God wants to do more in you, church. Our God wants to do more through you. He's doing something. You think your heart's just stirring because, you know, the preacher said some good words. No, that's God doing something but you have to refuse to let the mistakes of the past hold you back from God's future he has for you. What once was, will no longer be. Maybe you're saying, I'll always be average. You don't have to be average. You're maybe saying, I'll never measure up. You know, I will always be stuck. My sin and my shame, that's who I am and I'll always be there. You know what? You got to do what Paul says, church. Philippians chapter three, verses 13 and 14. He says this to us. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Jesus Christ, church. He's basically saying, "You, I ain't got it right yet, but I'm pushing, I'm working, I'm striving. Why do we do that? Because our God has given you a brand new name, church. He's given you a brand new name. Our God has given you a brand new purpose and our God has given you a new future, And it only comes through Christ Jesus. Church, you are who God says that you are. You are who God says that you are. And God says you are a brand new creation. I'm talking new. I'm talking brand new. The old is gone and the new has come. So as I get ready to wrap up, and I want to call the praise team up here, I want you all to think just for a moment, church, what is your label this morning? I really and truly believe all of us have some labels that we're holding on to that we shouldn't have. What is your label? Maybe it's one that someone has convinced you that that's who you are. Maybe it's one that you self-diagnosed and you're holding close to it. But what is your label? What is it that you have internalized? For those of you who are hurting, maybe this morning for those of you who are held back, I want you to realize something. You're believing something that's not true. You seriously are. You are believing a lie. And you're holding that lie close to you. And my prayer is that there'll be a change in you today. I'm talking about a real change. Not that you just felt a little funny in your heart while you were sitting here in church. I'm talking about God's doing a mighty work in you. And there's gonna be a real change in you because you're gonna realize, I hope and pray every single one of you today, that you realize who you are in Christ Jesus. Exactly who you are. And you stop believing the lies of the enemy. That your hearts, you're gonna walk out of here and your hearts will be lighter. I'm talking about that shame that you've been holding on to, that you're casting it aside and saying, I know who I am. That lives are gonna be transformed today. Some of you, you're here thinking and and you're wondering, like, where do I stand with God? When I was a kid, I used to sit there, someone say, are you going to go to heaven? I said, I hope so. <laughs> you don't have to hope. You can know. You can know for certain whether or not you're going to be there. And some of you, you're thinking, like, where do I stand with God? And, and you're holding on to those negative labels this morning. Maybe you're sitting here thinking, like, I'm unworthy. You, you, you think that you can never be loved by him. You're thinking that I can never make it or I've tried this Christian life. It's just too hard. You're believing that you're too bad. You're believing that you are too much of a sinner. And I want you to know, he can love you like nobody else can. Seriously. The person loves you the most on this earth, I know they love you, but they don't love you like God loves you. He can love you like nobody else ever can. If you're believing this morning, you gotta work harder. If you're believing this morning that you've got to get to another level before you can accept him, stop believing the lies of the enemy. And I hope today, I hope today as you stand here that you realize that you are absolutely, church, you are absolutely and completely worthy of the love that God wants to give you. Because love is just not something he does. Church, love is who he is. That's exactly who He is. He loves you so much that he became one of us i mean he left a perfect place to come down to this mess and he became one of us and he was jesus christ born out of the lineage of a prostitute born without sin He took all your sins to the cross, church. He died a horrible death and he rose again. And guess what? That anyone, church, the Bible says anyone who calls upon his name, the name of Jesus Christ will be saved. So today, maybe you're sitting here and maybe you got a decision to make. Maybe you're sitting here and you got a label that you need to get rid of. You're tired of carrying that label. And you believe the words that you heard today that God said, that's not who you are. I know who you are. I made you. And maybe today you're sitting here and you're saying, I want to be made brand new. These nice clothes I'm wearing, that don't mean nothing. I'm talking, I want to be made brand new from the inside out. That I want to have that brand new life that I want to have that brand new perspective. I want to have that brand new love. Church, that is available to every single person here. This morning, if you're sitting here and you are living your life outside of Christ, let today be the day. I'm talking about you draw the line in the sand and say, I'm done with that. I am not going to believe the lies of the enemy any longer. I am somebody special. God created me, and he wants me to have a hope and a future. So if that's for you, I want to encourage you come down front. Kim will be down here. The elders will be down here. They'll pray with you. They'll lead you to where it is you need to be. You don't have to get to a level. All you got to do is be sincere saying, I don't want to be part of that life anymore. I want a brand new one. And you cash it in. And for the rest of you believers in Jesus Christ, maybe some of you keep picking that label back up. You're holding on to something that's weighing you down. It's keeping you away from God's good, pleasing, and perfect plan for your life. It's time for you to say, I'm done with it. I'm officially done for good. And you come back home to your first love saying, Lord, I'm back. And I need you to strengthen me. And I need you to encourage me. And you pick me back up and dust me off and send me back on the road that you called me to. And if that's for you, church, this morning, maybe you need to come up and just pray. I want you to know that's available for you too. So how about it, church? Let's stand together and let's sing, but I really and truly want to encourage you to respond this morning.